Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll hear from Dan about his improvisational journey, play a couple games, and most importantly, learn how he improv his life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans, and today I am joined by the incredibly talented future doctor, Dan. Oh my goodness, Dan, thank you so much for being here. My how, pleasure. How are you doing this evening? I'm very well. How are you, Michael? I'm doing I'm doing quite well, Dan. Thank you for asking. It's been a it's been a bit of a, you know, the like one super rainy day a year today. Oh yeah. And that's been, you know, that's always interesting. It's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. I I just think about consistently, there's this old BuzzFeed video where it's like how I think how Los Angeles reacts when it's raining and just people go crazy. And it's very true. I think about it all the time. <laughs> they stay inside. Yeah, they stay inside. They drive terribly. Yep. <laughs> and we, we complain about it. <laughs> exactly. Even though we need it. Even though we need it. Um, yeah, so I had a lot of that today. Uh, but Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I want to ask you, you know, before we get started into our, you know, into our games and our juicy interview, mm-hmm. um, what is your relationship to IFTP? How long have you been involved, taking classes, all that good stuff? Uh, I joined IFTP in April of this year. All so right. if I, my math is correct, that's seven months ago. Seven months ago. And okay. I have done classes consistently for those seven months. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And are you taking a class right now? I am. All right. And I what am. class are you in? I am in Matt's Wednesday class uh, this month. Ah, the Wednesday class. The I, Wednesday class. Yes. I, I used to be in the Wednesday class for a long time up until, uh, oh man, I think April. April was my last month uh, in the Wednesday class. And then I had to back out for a little while. Okay. So, so right when I arrived. I, I know. Pay, yeah. I know. I know. Well, I'm sad now because <laughs> I just missed out. Yep. But uh, I think one day I'll try and get back around to it. But I think that uh, I'm a little biased to that Wednesday class. Well, I, I love on, that group. On behalf of the Wednesday class, I've yet to step foot in this month. We would love to have you back. All right. All right. I mean, we'll see. I could totally ruin the vibe. <laughs> Coming, everybody's like, oh, gosh, he, he came back. We enjoyed our past like six months free. <laughs> like, Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, you don't know that, Dan. All right. We have to say yes in improv. So yes, and they would hate to have you back. Exactly. Thank you. (laughs) That's what I want to hear. Always here for validation, Michael. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So, uh, Dan, I know you are, you are many things. You are a talented improviser. I know you do a little bit of stand-up. I know you do a ton of research and so many other things. And we'll get into that tonight, you know, in our interview. But before we do, as always as is tradition here on Improv for the Podcast, we're going to play a little three things. So Dan, uh, we're playing three things, but it's personal edition. I've got some categories picked out, hand selected based off what I learned about you from the power of Google. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to get into that. Dan, are you ready to play some three things? I am ready. Fantastic. All right, Dan, here we go. These are three things. things. Ooh, types of doctor. Uh, Medical. One. Philosoph- philosophical. <laughs> Two. Um, doctor of psychology. A PsyD. Three. These are three, three things. things. Uh, facts about table tennis. Um, you're not allowed to wear a white shirt at tournaments because it blends in with the ball. One. Uh, the table is nine feet by five feet in dimensions. Two. 
You must toss the ball six inches high when you serve, or else it is an illegal serve. Three. These, These are, are three things. things. Finally, reasons why Americans eat so much meat. Ah, uh, eating meat is a part of traditions and cultural customs. One. Ah, uh, people think meat tastes really good. Two. Ah, uh, because for men, eating meat feels manly. Three. These, These are, are three, three things. things. Oh my gosh, Dan, that was electric. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Just activated multiple parts of my identity in a way that's never happened before. Excellent. 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 That, that was the goal. That's always the go. goal with that, uh, with that little warm up there. All right. So types of doctor. Now, Dan, um, for those of us who are at home right now, they might not know. Why did I ask you about types of doctor? Um, well, uh, I'm an esteemed physician actually. So, wow. uh, have been, have a, have zero experience having <laughs> MD programs, but uh, I'm doing my uh, PhD in social psychology, mm. and I'm currently in my fifth year of the program there at UCLA. Wow, wow! With one more to go after that, correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Wow. We have a six-year track. It varies from school to school. Uh, we do a six-year program. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so just uh, just for the record, Dan actually was the doctor that removed my appendix a few mm -hmm. years ago. Yeah. Yeah, we had to do a really shady thing with insurance to, to work that out, but yeah. you know, I got Michael covered. Yeah, that's that's the only type of doctor there is, right? Just yep. appendix removal doctors. Exactly, with yeah. half of a PhD in uh, psychology. Okay. Yeah, yep. so just like a PhD. Yeah. Like, not the whole thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, haven't gotten the D yet. Yeah. Yeah. Still working on it. Yep. Still working on it. But maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year. Well, thank you for sharing on that. And uh, we'll get to that a little more later. All right. right. That's second category facts about table tennis. Yes. Now, Dan, if I am not mistaken, you are something of a table tennis player. I am. I, uh, <laughs> a bit of an understatement. <laughs> yes. I've been playing table tennis now for uh, nearly 20 years um, and playing competitively. Um, for about 10 years. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. And competitively, I would say, I mean, you've, you've competed at the highest level there is, Dan. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. So Dan has an incredible website and I was just learning fun facts about Dan. Uh, you've, you've competed in tournaments as recently as this year. Is that correct? Yes. I, uh, right now is November. I competed in a tournament in July. Oh my gosh. Um, Nowadays, I mean, COVID really interrupted a lot of things, sure, but sure. Uh, for the past year I, and ongoing, um, I try to do two tournaments a year is my goal. Wow. That's fantastic. Yep. It's fantastic. Okay. Now I got a question for you. Um, now I, I guess the official term for the sport would be table tennis. Yes. So if I say ping pong, that is incorrect. If you say ping pong, you might get some weird looks okay. at um, the real table tennis clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably shouldn't be there if I say ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a weird curve where you start saying ping pong when you do it just in a basement. Then mm. you go start playing at clubs and trying to train. And then you start saying table tennis. Ah. And then you get to a level where you're like, you know what? I'm going to call it ping pong again mm. just to just to like show how chill I can be with the sport. Uh, so I like okay. to call it ping pong. When all you right, say table right. tennis, you know, it could sound a little pretentious. Yeah, yeah. People don't know what sport you're talking about. Yeah. So I say table tennis when I'm talking to other table tennis players. Got and it. I say ping pong to all other people. Us, us regular folk who, don't, exactly. who are not competitive. <laughs> all right, all right. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I suppose that makes sense, though, because I think, like, for people who are competing at a level such as yourself, right, you take it very seriously. And, like, for people who play ping pong, 
Well, like me, we, we stink at it. So. Oh. <laughs> it's definitely a sport where there's a learning curve to yeah, yeah. be able to oh, just yeah. get a rally going. Like, yeah. for example, for surfing, I've never surfed in my life. And even mm. just to balance on the board, it's really hard. Yeah. And then there are other sports like soccer, like anyone could, you know, most people can walk up to a ball and just kick it. And that's the foundation. I guess table tennis is a little closer toward maybe surfing where even just to hold the racket or get a rally going takes a bit of training. So it, it can be frustrating for people um, mm. to get into the sport. Yeah. Um, but once you have that down and can hold a rally, it's a really fun sport to then improve your skills in. I, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You, you had mentioned one of the facts about the sport was that you have to, was it bounce six inches before uh, you serve it? Or? What it is, <laughs> is when you serve the ball, um, let's say, you know, you have here and you have your racket here, you toss the ball up, and you hit it. Mm. You have to toss it at least six inches. So you can't just hold it in your hand and smack the ball right out of your hand. You can't just like drop it and hit it right away. You have to toss it at least six inches up and then hit it. See, I have a friend who just holds it in his hand and hits yeah, it. Yeah, and smacks it right against the And it's the some racket. dirty serves. Yeah, it's some dirty serves. The reason for that is is when you just do that, there's an unfair um, limited reaction time that yeah. your opponent has for the ball. Yeah. If your standardized you know, requirement is to toss it six inches, you know you see your opponent toss it and you can get ready for them to hit it at you. Yeah, so next yeah. time I play him, Tyler, uh, <laughs> I'm going to mention that. And you hopefully go. you know, we'll get a little more within regulation and yep. I'll be able to score some points yeah i, I lost 10 zeros <laughs> i uh you've been thinking about that a lot <laughs> well I, I know a few good coaches michael so. yeah i believe it i believe it. i mean i feel like you yourself would be an excellent coach <laughs> thank you thank you all right all right you uh, have more fun with me than you would learn the game of ping pong i like to have fun when i play oh, well, so. that, uh, i like to have fun too so there you go. i can't promise that much better than you would get but i can show you a good time <laughs> on the court <laughs> fair enough fair enough all right okay i got one more table tennis question i just For it's, sure. it's a fascinating hit thing. me with them okay so you know in the movie forrest gump yeah uh, there's a scene of him training mm-hmm. uh, to play um He's just hitting, like he has the table folded in half and yes. he's just hitting up against the, the folded up half of the table. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a good training method? It is not. It is okay. a good training method if you are new to the sport mm. and you want to work on your hand-eye coordination or some response time. Just get your brain used to predicting how fast the ball goes and Got how it. fast it will come back at you. Beyond those very basics, it is not a good training because it does not mirror any conditions under which you'd actually receive a ball in a real game. So when you hit the ball against a wall, um, the wall is just this concrete or solid object. And whatever spin or velocity you put on the ball will come at the exact same back at Hmm. you. That will never happen in a real match because you have a human opponent with a paddle of their own that has a dynamic rubber um, on it. So Mm. your spin, your speed will interact with whatever they're doing in a way that you simply cannot um, predict as well as you can with the wall. So it's very unnatural circumstances to train on. It's more just for fun or to get the feel of the ball and paddle, but it's not a good training method. Um, Or or it looks good. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) It's good for a movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, the Forrest Gump, though, that's one of my uh, favorite movies, especially for Mm -hmm. its feature of table tennis. Uh, And what's really cool is one of the um, table tennis club I train at, Mm. uh, the directors of that club were involved in the Forrest Gump movie and um, directing the table tennis um, aspect of that. So really cool um, stuff just hearing from them of of how that went down. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So Forrest Gump is a fraud. Um, <laughs> Apparently, though, Tom Hanks uh, did some did some real scenes though, and actually, uh, you know, did did his own uh, prop work with ping pong. So gotta gotta give a shout out to him there. Forrest Gump, though, uh, yeah, he he may may not have the skills that they display on the on the movie. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Well, he was good at other things. So yes, exactly. Yeah, I. I uh, <laughs> still still an idol of mine though. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I I do enjoy that film. All right, Dan, moving to that last category: uh, reasons why Americans eat so much meat. Um, mm-hmm. So of course, the reason I asked Dan about this is uh, just based off my own research uh, <laughs> into some of Dan's work uh, in that PhD program. You've researched. Uh, you're a psychology student, right? Mm-hmm. A doctorate in psychology, a PhD, right? Uh, PhD. PhD. Oh boy, PhD. <laughs> that's like the Photoshop file. That's what those are called. <laughs> I'm getting so jumbled. Uh, thank you, Dan. I, I guess you could call it a PhD because it's a pretty sick degree. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should just end the episode right there. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> like, oh, killer, killer. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't come back from that. Making uh, up my own improv games out I here. I know. I know. You're killing me. <laughs> um, so in, in your program, I, I, I noticed some of the articles that you've contributed and written and, you know, some, a lot of the topics that you've researched have to do with, like, eating habits. Yes. And a big thing you focused on, I think, was related to meat and mm-hmm. kind of how that tied into the pandemic as well. Uh, yeah. Um, which led me to the question... Uh, are you, are you a meat eater? Are you a vegetarian, vegan? Just made me curious. Yeah. So I have been vegan now for about eight years. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, there's a saying in academia called research is me search. Mm. And so, uh, I definitely embody that where my own experiences have informed the research that I do. Mm. And so, um, yeah, that's how I got into doing this research was my own lived experiences. Got it. Got yep. it. I like that saying research is me search because I think that is very, very true. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. half the time I research anything, it's because like, it has to do with myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even at a very like basic level of just Googling. <laughs> yeah. Huh. You okay. need motivation to do, do any type of job and yeah. to do research. So what better motivation than doing something that um, is helping you understand your own perceptions in your own life? I mean, that's one of the most fundam- fundamental motivations we can have is to understand ourselves, to understand um, the world we live in and, and how we perceive other people. And so um, mm. it's very easy to stay motivated when you're connected personally to your research topic, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Dropping the wisdom already, Dan. <laughs> All right. Pretty sick wisdom. <laughs> yeah, my PSW is the Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Postgraduate degree I'm going to uh-huh. do. There you go. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. All right, Dan. Well, I would love to chat table tennis and uh, meat eating habits of Americans all day because mm-hmm. we do have some strange habits here in America about eating meat. Uh, I included in that. <laughs> but, you know, I do do the occasional meatless Monday. So, uh, not to toot my own horn. But uh, there you go. the reason we're here, of course, uh, you know, is working on, as always, funding our soon to be fully lit sign. Um, <laughs> so we got to chat some improv, Dan. Yep. So I want to know um, where did it all start for you? When was the first time? in your life you learned about improv the first time you maybe heard about what it was maybe you saw a show when was that for you um for me my first exposure to improv was when i was in high school Mm. um for a requirement to graduate we had to do uh some sort of arts um uh, like 
arts elective class. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So I did ceramics and uh, fun fact, I became president of my high school ceramics club. Wow, um, that's awesome. And I wasn't really that good at ceramics, so I still don't know to this day how that happened, but <laughs> I was very enthusiastic about it. So yeah, yeah. enthusiasm can outweigh skill, apparently. And that's that's what the ceramics <laughs> club needed, was someone who was enthusiastic about the craft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I chose ceramics, and then I um, chose improv. Uh-huh. And so I did improv in high school, and this was a very quick uh, quarter Oh, so wow, just a 10 quarter. weeks uh, yeah. of a 40 week school year. So, really quick. I mean, 10 weeks is not that much. And, no, it, not and at it was all. in high school. So, and it was 35, 40 minute periods. So, mm. the amount of depth you could go into is definitely limited. But my first exposure there, I really enjoyed. And, um, and I did not pursue any improv or theater in, in high school or college or any time after that. Um, just that one quarter experience I enjoyed. And, uh, that was, so that was my first exposure with improv. Then I did not get back into improv until this year from wow. then. Okay. One caveat to that. One caveat. Mm. Uh, this is one caveat. This uh, is. <laughs> um, it was that when I was in college, mm. uh, I'm 26 now, so that was just uh, got out of college four, four and a half years ago, okay. um, Was uh, I was in a freestyle rap club. For, what? Uh, almost four years. Oh my god! Which I think uh, many would say is a form of improv. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, ha- do you know Freestyle Love Supreme? I do. Oh my goodness! Love I that. Yeah, that's definitely improv. Yeah. I think like it's a it's a branch of improv because you're course. focusing on a specific genre that. Oh my gosh! Takes so much skill. Yeah, and so when I was in that rap club for for in college, um, I didn't think of it as improv. I just thought of it as a hip hop and rap club. And it wasn't until I started doing improv this year hmm. that that came up and somebody in IFTP said to me like, that is improv. And I was like, Oh, yeah. you're right. Like I never thought of myself as having had any improv experience, you know, sub- substantively before coming to IFTP. Mm. Um, but I guess my time in the rap club really was improv experience. Wow. Okay. So a little, just a teeny little, little tidbit of improv in high school. Yeah. And then, and then a lot years. in college yeah, uh, because years. it was, yeah, every Friday we would meet for two or three hours Wow. and it was a group of us anywhere from five to 20 would show up. Maybe on average, 10 people show up. We sit in a circle, mm-hmm. you have a uh, beat going. And so you just have the instrumental. So on average, three or four minutes and uh, per song and one person uh, starts and it goes to the next person in the circle when the song ends. Mm. So you have to just go for three or four minutes of a nonstop freestyle rap oh monologue. Oh my gosh. And you have 10 other people in the room just looking at you. And, you know, you don't want to be that guy to be like a pass, like, or just yeah, after no a minute way. and be like, you know, that's all I got. Let's wait, yeah. out, the, wait out the track till the next yeah. person. You really, you're encouraged to... Um, complete those three or four minutes and uh and it's a great environment there i love the um the group there um shout out to uh cu ciphers uh is what we call our our group um and uh yeah it's a great environment it's like very scary at first you know you show up there it's like 19 18 whatever and it's like all right like welcome to the club you just get thrown into the deep end Mm. and you just sit in the circle and then you realize what's happening and it's like oh it's my turn Oh, I have to fill three or four minutes yeah, with improvised rhymes yeah. and come up with material to talk about. So, um, yeah, it was really a great exercise. Yeah, yeah, three to four minutes. That's like, that's substantial. It's a lot of time. I feel like even like a minute, minute and a half, like 
especially if you're just starting out, that's yeah, that's brutal. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'd, I'd put down some terrible bars if I were to do that. I've said some <laughs> stuff that I'm, I'm very glad was not recorded. Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, did not know the term uh, gray space then, but ah. oh man, yeah, there was some gray spacing. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I definitely, wow, wow. Okay, so what, um, have you ever freestyle rap, Michael? Uh, you know, I. Kind of like by myself, uh-huh. you know, not for three to four minutes at a time, uh-huh. but you know, on occasion, I I enjoy coming up with a little ditty here and there. Okay, there uh, you go. Yeah, but I, you know, not polished. <laughs> um, I don't think many freestyle raps are polished. Yeah, I I was once in a uh, in college. I was in a philosophy class, mm-hmm. and for some reason, we were reading some text, and I was bored, so I decided to write a short rap from the perspective of the philosopher. Amazing. But <laughs> the mistake I made was that I raised my hand and asked if I could share it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think people were confused why I was sharing this. And <laughs> not that I necessarily think it was bad. It was just random. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I realized at that point, maybe I should not do that anymore. <laughs> I was, a, I was an acting major in college. And yeah. I think, you know, when we, when you get some of the arts kids in yeah. the, in those classes where, you know, there are some philosophy majors in that class right. and then I show up and I'm, <laughs> you know, I don't know we were, if we were reading like Immanuel Kant or something like that. <laughs> like, I can't remember anymore, but it was, you mean you it's kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no. I've, uh, you know, kind of laid low a little bit on, yeah. my, on my rap career. Okay. Yeah. You're still young. It can still happen. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting till I, until I get to my 30s, and I okay. think that's when I'll drop my first uh, album on SoundCloud. Probably. There we go. Yeah. So on occasion, um, but I want to ask. So you had you had this exposure to improv in high school, and I'm guessing that was mostly like short form games, kind of things like that. Silly yeah, stuff. It's hard yeah. to remember. Um, I remember it was definitely a lot more games mm. than scenes. Yeah. Um, at least comparing it to IFTP, the ratio of time we spend doing games to scenes. I, yeah. I recall a lot more games. We played Mafia uh, quite a number of times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's a great yeah. game. I think um, it was definitely like easing you into improv um, and doing a lot of, of games uh, to do that. I, we did scenes as well, I recall. Uh, mm. Definitely not long-term, I would long-form mean, yeah. uh, probably short-form. Yeah. Okay. Don't okay. remember it too well. Yeah. I think that was my first or second year of high school. So. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, it's quite a while ago to remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're pretty old, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm older than you. No. Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, no, okay. We're just two young men here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just two young, early, early 20s. Early 20s, yeah. 22, 23. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. That's yeah. the nicest thing anyone said to me today. Oh. And I'm going to remember that. <laughs> uh, Someone <laughs> thought I was 38 the other day. and uh, How'd that feel? I was confused for their sake because... Yeah. I mean, I don't know what their definition of what a 38-year-old man looks like, but yeah. uh, all right, 38, yeah. I'll, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> well, if you were 38, I think you look great for 38. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah a very youthful 38. <laughs> for 26, eh, you know. <laughs> for 26, I'm going to start it, Dan. <laughs> all right. Um, Okay, so in in college, four years of this, uh, the CU ciphers. There we go. And was that, okay, so did you, were you, like generally interested in performing or interested in doing rap? Because to me, I'm thinking about, I'm sitting here like, 
even as like an acting major, like, I don't know, for me, I would have been like, it takes a lot of guts to go join a, a freestyle rap group that meets yeah. weekly and just throws me in going like, all right, three to four minutes, give us your best. Oh, yeah. I had a close friend who yeah. was in the rap club mm. and uh, we became friends beginning of um, freshman year. Shout out to uh, Evan Zacco, a.k.a. Doughboy. Um, Doughboy, there Doughboy, you go. there we go. Pillsbury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's ironic because he's like jacked and shredded. So oh, okay. uh, it's yeah. like Doughboy is a oh, weird, uh, weird name for him. But um, yeah. Anyway, so he he uh, looped me into the rap club because mm. he was rapping in high school and, um, you know, naturally uh, decided to join a rap club when he got to college. So mm. I wouldn't have joined it had he not become a close friend of mine God. and been like, you know, come through to this rap club I do and uh, just try it out. Mm. So I had zero desire to seek out a rap club on my yeah. own. Yeah. It was only from him. And I went there and really liked it. Wow, that's really cool. It's just like uh, you had a friend who was doing something and you're like, eh, yeah, why not? Exactly. Peer pressure can be good sometimes. Yeah, that's positive peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. So kids at home who are yeah. listening, we got a lot of kids in the audience of the show. Yes. Uh, do the things your friends do. Don't ask questions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> questions yes. lead to answers you don't want to know. Exactly. All right. Wow. Okay. So four years. And so you yep. meet weekly. Yeah. You guys would rap. You yes. do your three to four minute. Uh, songs. Mm -hmm. We'd have some rap battles too now and then. Oh, yeah. Those got violent, like verbally violent, not physically. Verbally, yeah, that yeah. would be, I feel like that would take away from the art form if it got physically violent. <laughs> it would, like, hey, yeah. hey, keep it to the words. <laughs> yeah. The pen is mightier than the sword. That's oh, what I've exactly, heard. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And yeah. you, you want to keep true to that. Did, yep. Did your group perform at we all? We did. <sighs> we did performances around campus now and then. Yeah. And, uh, those performances, I think we did some, we did some rap battle performances and those mm. were obviously improvised because rap battle, it has to be improvised. Yeah. We did some performances where we um, uh, wrote raps and then performed them. I think we did some as well that may have been freestyled, but um, wow. yeah, yeah, we did, we did some. That's cool. Yep, that's, it was fun. That's so cool. I, yeah. I did a couple of performances that yeah. absolutely just terrified me at that time in my sure, life. Sure. Yeah. All right. So yeah, those oh were fun. Uh, I had this idea where like we we never did it, but I was thinking for Valentine's Day because mm. I'm like a romantic at heart. We could like walk around campus and like freestyle rap like love bars to people. That oh, was, like, a sweet I like that thing idea. to do just to like counter out the like hostile, absolutely messed up things we would say behind closed doors in the yeah, rap club. Yeah, of course, practice. of course. Uh, you know, yeah. just to spread some positivity. Yeah. We I didn't ever end idea. up doing that, um, but it's just an idea I was thinking would be really cool. Yeah. All right. Do you think we should both try and drop like four bars okay. of a romantic rap right oh, now? wow. Okay. Right now. Oh, man. Uh, we're, we're just going to try. Um, okay. Um, I guess I'll just say... Uh, with all this rain, you know, it's getting pretty steamy. Uh, I'm looking at your eyes, man. They're looking pretty dreamy. Yeah. A little shy of blue and maybe some brown. Did you take that class with Janie, Jamie about the clowns? Is that four <laughs> bars? I really I, don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll go and ask the boy of the dough. Oh, oh. Shout out to Zach. Yeah, shout out to, uh, yeah, exactly. To either, did you call him Zach? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's his name? Evan Zacko. We can, oh, call, we can call him the oh, Zach. Man. The Zach, the Zacko, maybe a bit of the wacko. Zach. Oh, wacko Zacko. Yeah, wacko Zacko. Yeah, doughboy. Doughboy. All right, I got I to gotta spit back, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Roses are red. Oh God. Violets are blue. Uh, I look. Oh no. <laughs> I see your boyfriend. It, I, I'd rather be with you. Oh man. Christ. That was in my head. That was going to be a lot easier. And then I just, <laughs> I froze up there. Wow. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, album's coming soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. you're going to write most of the lyrics though. <laughs> it, might, it might take me a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. We're not strong. Okay. Thank you for doing that with me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm always down to freestyle rap on camera. You know, yeah. I know we have millions of viewers for the, uh, billions podcast. actually. Billy. Oh my. Yeah, we're, okay. Yeah. We're very popular in, uh, Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. That's why it's billions. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. World's about to cross, you know, 8 billion in population. We've got about uh, 3 billion of that. Oh man. Locked up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely capacity for that. Like 30 second little clip where we wrapped in this video to be the part that goes viral. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Okay. You understand. <laughs> Great. I feel like now IFTP members are going to come up to me and be like, I challenge you to a rap battle. Yeah. You got it. I will accept. IFTP members, random people on the street. You oh, gosh. Be ready. <laughs> You've opened up a world of pain. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. No so, pain, no game. Yeah, no pain, no yeah. game. There you go. So you finish up college. Four years, you mm-hmm. go from, like, novice rapper to, like, I'd say highly experienced, like, freestyle rapper. I mean, four uh-huh. years of, you know, a fairly weekly, like, yeah. practice. That's that's no joke. That's oh, some yeah. serious, like, honing of your skill. Mm-hmm. So you finished college um, and you went to Cornell. Yes. Cornell. I research CU. CU Cypher's <laughs> Cornell University. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, some say research, some say stalking. It's all the same. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. All well, you know, we say research here. Um, so uh, you graduate from Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you end up out here in Los Angeles? I came out here for uh, graduate school. Ah. Um, for me, it was a matter of going into PhD programs and deciding where to go based on the best fit for the program. And that ended up to be UCLA. Mm. So I ended up in LA. And there you go. UCLA, shout exactly. out to uh, hometown school. Yeah. I didn't go there, but <laughs> I know people who did. Uh, so there you go. All right. So you came out here to UCLA for graduate school, just a, a measly master's degree, if you will, because you, you, you're far beyond that at this point. Um, and was there, when you moved out here, were you, were you interested in pursuing any sort of performance? Because you're like, you know what? I just finished undergrad. I've been doing this freestyle rap. Now I'm in Los Angeles working in your master's program. Was there a part of you that was like, I still want to do something, some performing or some rapping or something like that? Yeah, there was a part of me that wanted to do performing. And I remember when I moved out to L.A. Um, four and a half years ago, mm-hmm. I had like a list of things that I want to do out here. Wow. And I'll be honest, I did not get very far down <laughs> the list. It's more like, I'm going to do this one day. Yeah, one day, yeah, improv. Yeah was on my list when I came out here. Wow. Um, I was thinking, yeah, that would, because my, my older, one of my older brothers uh, hmm. did improv for uh, many years, and I just heard about it through him. He had a great experience doing improv, and I was like, oh, you know, that, I think that would be fun for me to do too one day. Yeah. But it was one of those things where I was like, one day I'll do improv, and been in L.A. a year and a half before the pandemic hit, I still hadn't got around to even Googling, mm. like, improv mm. clubs near me or anything. Yeah. And uh, pandemic hits, obviously then I'm not going to be able to start improv. Yeah, not worth it. Yeah, so um, it was always in the back of my head, but 
I started it uh, earlier this year. It finally was like, you know, I've been wanting to do improv and um, I'm actually going to actively look into opportunities to do mm. improv and um, and come here and do it. And I guess for me, I view improv versus freestyle rap as I didn't even view, as I mentioned, freestyle rap as a form of improv. But mm. for me, it just had different reasons for doing each of them where for me to do improv uh, was more to get out of my comfort zone, yeah. Um, to challenge myself and activate a different part of my brain, uh, and really just to um, to to try it out, to yeah. to see, to experience uh, that sensation of like struggle and failure again. Where mm. for me, I had done a lot of research and ping pong the past several years. Yeah, when I was living in LA, and I like focused on each of those and was able to do very well in each of those. Yeah. And I was like, you know, feels like my routine has become too comfortable where mm. I want to fail a lot again and challenge myself. And yeah. what a better way to just struggle, experience a lot of failure than doing improv. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. uh, so yeah. And I feel like there's a saying um, that I forgot whether I heard it before or after I started IFTP that I love, which is I don't, study improv to get better at improv. I study improv to get better at life. Ooh. I absolutely love that. That was like my improv mantra. Um, I yeah. love that. Oh, it's, yeah, I love yeah. it. Uh, and so for me, I remember before I started coming, before I even started doing improv, I was just really drawn to like the psychological benefits of doing improv where, mm. you know, reduces your, um, it improves your creativity, uh, improves your spontaneity, um, reduces any anxiety, especially when you deal with unpredictable uh, situations in life, yeah. which are all around us. And Every day. Um, yeah, it makes you a better communicator. So the list goes on and on for what are the benefits of improv psychologically. And to me, I was like, that sounds like a great way to improve yeah. my capacity to live and enjoy life. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Oh my gosh. So I like how you like backed it up with research too. Like I'm gonna do improv. Here's why. Yeah, yeah. Like before yeah. I emailed Matt like to join the studio, yeah. I'm on like Google Scholar just searching for like <laughs> the psychological benefits of improv for yeah. cognition. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Dan. I'm seeing just based off what I know about your story so far is I'm, I'm kind of seeing a trend here where something I really appreciate you is that you're willing to just go and try things. You did ceramics and improv in high school, which are like, you just show up and do it. Like ceramics is something yeah. I've never done ceramics in my life. Uh -huh. I, I can't say I've had an opportunity, but, but yeah, I don't know. I just, oh, I love that you. attitude. If you're like, you know what? I'm going to show up and try this. Oh, my friends in if, a freestyle rap group. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. <laughs> oh yeah. Improv. Well, I heard it's good. I'm going to do it. Like, <laughs> And you've balanced that between a life yeah. of like being a professional table tennis player and academic. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, Dan. Oh, that's, thank you. Dare I say, Renaissance Dan. <laughs> I appreciate just, that. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I feel like you got to, you know, there's a, a, a quote that I love. Um, there are a couple of quotes that I love that I feel like have inspired my attitude with doing those things. And mm. one is that like emotions and fear are always temporary, but like regret is always forever. So I try, <laughs> yeah, I try to live my life with a, what I call a regret minimization uh, framework mm. where it's like not always thinking what do, how, what choices should I make in life to optimize how happy I am or how much pleasure I experience. Um, but what choices should I make to minimize my long-term regret? Mm. And so that's something that I try to do. Uh, and, you know, uh, Michael Scott quoting Wayne Gretzky's, of mm -hmm. course, uh, you missed 100% of the shots you don't take. So, yeah. 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 
I, oh I like goodness. to I like to try to uh, look back on my life and be like, okay, cool. Like I did things that may have not gone well or may have gone well, but at least yeah. I was like proud of myself for going for it and and doing it. Um, yeah. I remember one thing that when I was in the rap club and really enjoying um, doing the rap and, and experiencing like a lot of flow and sensations of just writing, uh, writing a lot and being mm. um, in that headspace. Yeah. I wrote a rap about uh, Cornell and uh, just, you know, various things around campus or my experiences at Cornell that I enjoyed about being a student there. And I wrote this rap and then just like on a whim, you know, I, I had it in, in my um, laptop on my, com- on my computer and a document. I just wrote it out. Yeah. And then the same day I just was like, let me just walk to the Dean's office and just like wrap this for him. So I walked into wow. like the Dean's office at Cornell and asked the secretary, I was like, is, you know, Dean like so-and-so here. And she's yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I just have like a rap to perform for him. And she was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> and so I walked in and I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm a sophomore or whatever. I was sophomore, junior. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah. you know, I love Cornell a lot. I'm very passionate student here. Can I like share with you this rap I wrote? Um, I think he probably was just like, what the, Heck is going yeah, on right now? Guard. He's like, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, anyway, like, yeah. So, yeah. Like, like, that was an experience for me. I remember in college where I was like, this is such a weird thing to do that this dean might look at me like I'm nuts. Yeah. It might be extremely awkward. I mean, it was like pretty awkward. Yeah, sure. Um, but I like to do those things just to, yeah. to try to like not overthink. It's like making a decision in improv where mm. when you have a decision, if you overthink it too much, you might not do it yeah. or you might you know, like when you do it, it won't feel natural. So I remember mm. there was an experience where I was like really excited to do that. And looking back, I'm like, how, you know, I would not do that now. It feels like, but in that moment, it was just a fun thing yeah. that I enjoy doing. Also, I can't believe like you could just like get to the Dean. Like <laughs> I can't even remember who my Dean was. So like now I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, who, where, where was his office? Like, you know, so and I think that's cool too, that you just like walked it up. Dean's in great. I got something for him. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then you just got in. Like, yeah, and I always knew where the office was because I could, you know, smell the burning after because of the fire I dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Smell that? <laughs> that was me. That was, those were my nerdy yeah. bars. It's like, you know that, that meme of the caveman, like, over the fire? It's like, man discovers oh. fire. <laughs> it's oh, <yeah>. like, <laughs> everyone heading to the dean's office. Like, <laughs> Oh, oh man. <laughs> that's fantastic. So that's like... Your that story is like the good version of my story about my philosophy class, uh-huh. except yours like was like actually cool <laughs> versus <laughs> dorky cool. There's a fine line. There is a fine line. There definitely a is fine a fine line. line. Yeah, yeah. I, but I I think that's really awesome. And like you said, like a regret minimization framework. Oh, that's such an academic way to to phrase that, and I love it. Oh, I love thank it. you. I'll make that up. Um, okay, so you moved to L.A. Yes. You have some goals. There's a bit of a pandemic in there. Yeah. I, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, so pandemic happens. We get through it. We get to this year. How'd you find IFTP? Well, the way I found IFTP was Googling uh, improv uh, classes in LA. And um, IFTP has some excellent reviews and was clear that the people who come here love it. Mm. So uh, I saw that Matt had this... Um, drop in yeah. one day improv workshop going on. Oh yeah. Where it was like for beginners, just two hours, one time, um, come in, no commitments, just 
for one day, do improv with us, no strings attached. So mm. I remember I wouldn't have signed up like at that point where I was at. I was like hesitant, like, do yeah. I want to make a long-term commitment here because I might hate this? Yeah. I might not enjoy doing improv. And, you know, I was really glad that we had that like one-time opportunity to go yeah. in. And I told myself the worst thing that happens is I, you know, feel uncomfortable for two hours and like regret doing that and it's whatever. And even yeah. I wouldn't regret it because I wouldn't have known if I had, would have enjoyed it had I not done it at all. Yeah. So like, because of the framework, exactly all the bad framework. experiences, you know, unless they're severe physical or psychological harm yeah. involved, yeah. all experiences you have that don't go ideally are still useful because you yeah. learn that they didn't go ideally. You wouldn't have known if you hadn't mm. done that. Yeah. So like, I, w I stopped into that and Matt ran that and it was a bunch of just random strangers like me who were not mm. at IFTP who just came into this thing. And um, it was fantastic. I, I loved being there. Matt facilitated it beautifully. And um, I remember like as I was doing the improv there, I was most fascinated. It was like I was uh, hard to get out of my academic head there. Yeah. And I was you know, not exactly thinking about this as an improviser. I was thinking about it more as a psychologist and researcher, like analyzing sure. like what the heck are we doing here all together? Yeah. Um, like what are these improv games? If you're studying behavior, yeah, <laughs> coming so, into a class, <laughs> Matt's oh like, Dan, Dan, Oh, sorry, Matt. I was taking notes for my yeah. thesis. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I remember like saying to Matt afterwards and just thinking like what Matt just created with these 10 or 12, whatever it was, random strangers, in this space on Pico Boulevard mm. for two hours, what he facilitated and created was this improv culture and environment where we were collaborating and doing scenes together mm. was this like amazing social psychology experiment like occurring yeah. before my eyes. The way that he facilitated it, I just thought was amazing how he could take all of these people who were strangers, had their own anxieties and their own strengths and weaknesses and whatever yeah. thoughts about improv that they had that were motivating or inhibiting them, Matt could just take that and mm. direct scenes and direct these games and, and make us all have a good time and <laughs> perform somewhat well at improv. I was just blown away by like how that occurred. Mm. Yeah. And I think, think about that too. Like you said, like these are, like especially like a, a drop in classic. Like yeah, that. it's it really is just a bunch of random people. It really like, is. Like and, and to to allude to like ping pong here, if you take a lot of people off the street who've never played ping pong, yeah, and even if you have a great coach or whoever giving them a bunch of rackets and balls and say let's you know do a drill, I'm going to coach you. Like let me tell you, after two hours, they're not going to be like that much better. It's yeah, learning a curve. little bit, but yeah. and I, it was kind of like I I guess I imagine there um, thinking about it as improv. Mm the extent to which these strangers with presumably little or no improv experience were doing the art form after just an hour or two yeah. was like mind boggling. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was like really how welcoming improv could be to people mm. with little experience and how intuitive, I think what it was, was Matt was able to unlock in each of our minds a ability to do improv that's there all along, mm. but we have these defenses that don't let that ability come out for whatever mm. reason of how mm. we think we will appear yeah. or it's, you know, various forms of self consciousness and awareness. Yeah. All the things we get caught up on. Exactly. Prevent us from being successful in, yeah, in life and in scenes. Yeah, totally. You know, prevent us from being vulnerable on a stage. 
And a, playing a really weird, goofy character mm. is something that most people who don't practice improv would be like, that doesn't sound comfortable yeah, to go on stage that. and like, you know, yeah. play somebody of a different gender or sexuality or with a different accent or who has some weird fetish or whatever weird characters that we yeah. play in improv. Yeah. Such a wide yeah. variety. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Just you coming. Oh, man. Oh man, that, I, I wish I could have seen that class because I think in my in my little experience as a teacher, I think it can be particularly challenging uh, just to 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 help people who are new to improv be successful. It takes a special kind of teacher to do that because right. those initial moments can be such a big leap of faith mm-hmm. for them. Like for people who are coming, it's their first time, and you you have to build a classroom in an environment where they can feel safe and trusting of you as the teacher, and not too nervous around everyone else that's in there as well. Because you're asking a lot of people who show up to an improv class. Yeah, like hey, like this class only goes well if if you do something. Exactly, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so you took that you took that uh, drop in class. Yes, and then uh, I uh, decided right after that. Um, that night, I would like to sign up for uh, monthly classes here. All right. So, um, that drop-in class was in March, and mm. uh, started the classes in April. A week or two later, it was. Wow! And that was the Wednesday class. Exactly. You took my spot. Well, I mean, that was Monday. I uh, I oh. did I did Monday with Ava. Um, every month oh, until uh, uh, this month, and just um, my schedule just changed a little bit, so I'm doing Matt's uh, Wednesday this month. And, oh, um, okay. Yeah. This is my first time uh, doing Matt's Wednesday. I've oh, done a okay. few makeups classes in it over the past yeah, several yeah. months. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so you started in Ava's class, mm-hmm. and how how was how were your first couple months like starting with Ava, just getting into everything? How was that for you, yeah. kind of fully embracing improv? I mean, Ava was is is and was a fantastic teacher for me, um, yeah. and I look forward to working with her uh, continuing in the future as well. Um, yeah, Ava was just fantastic to break me into doing improv and. Mm-hmm be such a supportive figure in me, like overcoming those initial barriers that we all have to starting improv for the first time, mm. um, where I could see for myself and feel those first two months were just a transformative experience of um, changing the way I performed in improv and even in everyday life, just yeah. doing things that... Um, I couldn't have done before. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, it was fantastic. It was a really smooth experience, fortunately for me, where what's also interesting is month to month, our classes, the people who are attending um, change slightly, yeah. uh, majorly or slightly, depending on what month it is or where it is by nature. But kind of for me, that first month was like, obviously my first month in improv with these people and four classes to settle in and start figuring out what improv is. The second month was some different people who who stayed or, or new people coming in. Yeah. And that changing scenery was kind of like another adaptation phase for my mm. brain to adapt to new improv partners, um, new strangers I was now collaborating with, performing in front of. And obviously, as all the teachers I have to do month to month is do new improv games. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah. It was like the first month was developing my rawest self as an improviser. And the second month was like adding a second layer to that and settling Mm. into like, I am an improviser now. I could do it for a second month and feel at ease, you know, going forward. It was like this really steep, uh, just learning curve at first where I learned a lot the first two months and I've learned more every month, but, uh, those first two were really great. Um, yeah, kind of your foundation. 
Absolutely. And one example of like I mentioned, I did things outside of IFTP as well that I wouldn't have done had I not started an improv where yeah. um, this past May, uh, this is, it was at May or April. Anyway, a few weeks after starting improv, I was a teaching assistant for a class on campus. Mm. And um, as a teaching assistant during class, I helped out with instruction a bit, but I was not a primary instructor. There was a professor there yeah. who gave the lecture and directed the class and I was there to help him out as needed. Mm. I got a um, email from him. He had an emergency, a family emergency, where he emailed me like five minutes before class. I'm already in the classroom. Oh my gosh! Unloading my backpack, like yeah. my laptop, ready to you know have my class and yep. um, be fairly passive and uh, wait for him to if he has anything for me to do. But otherwise, sit there, mm-hmm. listen, work on my own other work, and be yeah. there. Um, have a chill two hour class. Uh, he, he sent me an email that's like. I had this family emergency. I cannot make it to class today with like five attachments of like, here's the lecture oh slide. Gosh. Here's the PowerPoint. Here's the homework they got to hand in. Here's what you have to sign to them. And I'm just like, this is uh, in my head. I'm like, this is not part of my job description. Yeah. Um, but I remember in that moment, I oh my goodness. was like, this is improv in the real world, baby. Yeah, and I said to myself, is. like, here we go. I, I have improv training to react to social situations that are high pressure under uncircum under uncertainty, yeah. um, in a simulate a stim, simulated. I always get those words confused for better or for worse. Simulated <laughs> environment uh, in IFTP, and um, and here I remember I went up in front of the class mm. and said to the students, I treated them like my improv scene partners in here, wow. and I was like, so uh, I got an email here, and uh, I know what you know right now and we're going to open up this lecture and we're going to figure it out together. Mm. And, uh, it was a really fun class. I remember yeah. I wasn't nervous. I was at ease cause yeah. you know, I'm doing improv. I realized like we're going to figure it out. And yeah. the worst fear you can have and the worst stress you can have is the fear of not feeling like you have your lines prepared for mm. a situation. Mm. Um, and I knew there, I didn't have any lines prepared. I had to, process things on the spot, but the training I did at IFTP made me feel comfortable with that. Wow. And it was a really fun class. It was a two hour class. Yeah. It was a two hour class, um, where I had to just read the slides and try to give the lecture and yeah. help the students out on whatever assignment they're working on. Wow. I, I can't imagine like just getting someone else's materials yeah. and be like, and go I do the class. <laughs> like I, do, I would definitely not say this has got yeah. their Full tuition's worth for my instruction that day, but I I can say you know I I, I uh, we had a good time um, yeah. and I did what needed to be done. Yeah, I bet you put your own spin on it. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I <laughs> I I've previously been a middle school teacher and can understand what it's like. You know, like doing stuff on the fly, but it's my class, right. you know? so I can't imagine someone else's class. Yeah, and oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't want to. I'm getting stressed out, uh, and I'm not in that situation. Like, <laughs> I was like, Dan, we need more time, Dan. <laughs> we need at least you know 10, 15 minutes to look over everything. That's yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, and thank you. Definitely scary in the moment, but I think like how you how you can look back at that now and realize kind of the crossovers, the parallels between that and just doing right. improv in classes. I think really important and such a good like use of what you've learned in class, applying yeah. it to a real life situation that. 
required you to be on your feet, moving, totally. working with other people to make something happen. Oh, literally. I usually would sit down for class for those two hours. I have to be on my feet standing in front yeah. of the class for two hours. I mean, that's um, a serious class. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think like that saying I said, I do Im- studying improv to get better at life, not mm. to get better at improv. Yeah. If I hadn't heard that saying, I'd, maybe I wouldn't have made that connection of like, my improv training is not that much different than having to adapt to this situation at work right now. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Improv lessons are life lessons. There you go. Yeah. All right. So Dan, um, I'm wondering in your, in your seventh month journey here at IFTP mm-hmm. with more to come I'm in the third trimester of in the my third trimester. Well, yes. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trimester. What a doctor word. Uh, <laughs> In your time here, how do you think you have grown as an improviser from when you started in that drop in that those first few months with Ava to where you are now jumping into the Wednesday class with Matt? Mm-hmm. How do you think you've grown as an improviser? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I have, I think I'm uh, less hard on myself mm. of like expecting a scene to go well and being upset if it doesn't go well or, you know, being self-conscious about like, um, you know, thinking about just holding myself to an expectation of like doing a scene well and being funny. That's not something that as much now bothers me or I think about. Um, I try to view the scenes as like uh, simulated real life conversations or developing characters that would be, and seeing how they would behave in a scene and trying to understand whatever like fictitious world we're creating as a world that could plausibly exist and how would that world look like rather yeah. than at first viewing it as like maybe some fun fake game or some like mm. mini production we're putting on and where, you know, Ava says go and I'm going to do something and try to be funny and yeah. um, not necessarily do something that's like realistic or yeah. think, how can I get into this character's perspective? And I remember, um, perhaps it's Ava or, or if we, where I've seen this, but um, I think it was Ava saying, like, looking at a scene and, and, and seeing how one person says something and then, I think it's Ava, and then the other person says something back. And Ava will, like, give feedback during the scene and say to whoever, me or whatever improviser up there and say, yeah. you know, what you just said there back to them, like, listen again to what they just said to you. Mm. Is that really how your character would respond to that? How does your character feel about what they just said to you? Mm. And that's something that is really difficult initially to get into where, you know, if we're doing a scene and I'm trying to play a character and you say something to me, right now I'm just thinking, how can I develop my character? Yeah. How can I give more information about who my character is? Yeah. If I don't pay attention to something you just said to me, mm. like that could have been insulting or it could have been really exciting or had some sort of stakes that my character would care about. Yeah. Like that's something that I think I've, I've experienced or tried to work on, um, you know, working on not just viewing a scene as a series of lines and dialogue, but doing the scene as two characters interacting yeah, and yeah. Uh, leading with emotion rather than having words that then become emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of things, I feel like I'm still in the infancy of my improv journey. Third trimester. Yeah. Third trimester. You haven't been exactly. born yet. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm still prenatal. Oh man. Um, <laughs> You're improv pregnant. <laughs> I am an embryo or zygote, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I took infancy stuff a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I guess I would say that um, 
Yeah. Yeah. But even like you can, you're able to trace like from where you started to where you are now, just those basic things of like, and like you said, even after that first month, you're like, okay, now I'm an improviser. Now I got to, you know, kind of work, continue to work on these skills. Right. And I think that's really yeah. cool. Like not, I think a big thing for me was not trying to be funny. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think at first I viewed um, the comedic uh, intensity of my performance. Yeah. How do I talk? This is how academic, how funny I am. Um, hey, we, we, we tried to uh, <laughs> measure how funny Dan is. We actually, we put it on a scale. Uh, I'm like, I have to convert my like academic brain to like how normal humans talk sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was sure. trying to like think like not evaluate the success of my scene based on like how funny I am, mm. but just like whether I played a character well and created a character and, and had a scene that seemed authentic and like authentic yeah. human behavior coming to life. So yeah. uh, whether that's a sad scene, a serious scene, just a random conversation between two people, that's a smooth conversation mm. that is, you know, more successful than doing a funny scene and trying to be funny, but it's really yeah. like an uh, artificial feeling scene. Yeah. So yeah. for me, not focusing on being funny, but focusing on like being real and present within that scene. Yeah. Is a big thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, playing characters who maybe are like very just like stoic. Yeah. Or just very slow and dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. All right. All right. So in your in your time doing improv, and I think this applies back to your freestyle rap career as well. Yes, yes. Um, what do you think has been the impact of doing improv or freestyle rap in outside of just the classes and the joy of performing and getting to do class, uh, classes and things like that. What's been the impact outside of improv class? And I know you mentioned that story about mm-hmm. having to basically become a professor for a day, oh, which yeah, yeah. I think already that was a great example of its impact. Right. Yeah. I think that um, for me, it's a matter of just being comfortable with uncertainty mm. and being comfortable with approaching situations and not necessarily knowing how they will unfold. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's, you know, we all like to enter a situation and have a mental map of how, you know, a series of conversations or exchanges or events will unfold. And so being comfortable with not knowing how things will unfold Mm. and being more confident in my ability to adapt to like unexpected things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, Already, I think we've seen, just as we talked about earlier, your like, ability to just be bold and go do things. So I think you've only learned to increase that skill of like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to worry. I'm just going to go do stuff. Oh. And I think you just, that's a repeated pattern through your life, Dan. Oh, I, thank you. I think that's really cool. Something that I know for me, I'm going to take that as a personal reminder. <laughs> um, so in, in your improv journey, Dan, uh-huh. what, what is next for Dan? The what improviser. is next for it? Well, I would love to do one of our student um, shows or mm. one of the, you know, I know IFTP hosts a lot of shows. And so one of the shows yeah. where yeah. Um, students uh, perform, I would love to do one of those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get you yeah. out there. I guess that's my, my next uh, goal yeah. or step. Yeah. And I mean, you've got performance experience. You've done that freestyle rap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess that's next. Uh, um, beyond where we're at now. Yeah. Keep on taking classes here. Yeah, taking the Wednesday class, and now you're trying something new, being in yeah, class exactly. with Matt, different group of folks in that one. Exactly. And then, like, working towards getting to that performance, and then who knows from there. 
Yeah. Who knows from there? Probably become a doctor as well. <laughs> you know, all those other things you're doing, continue to crush I, it at table tennis. I can uh, give you your next uh, appendix or surgery that you need. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll try and think of some that I'm interested in and okay. I'll, I'll shoot them your way. Sounds good. Like Brazilian butt lift, maybe. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. a few of those. Yeah. 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 I'm definitely, I, I think a BBL would be good for me. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I assume all doctors do surgery. That's. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Especially ones with uh, fake doctors. It's yeah, like, yeah, uh, like me. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, not at all. Here I am talking like I have it. I still have like 18 months to go. <laughs> but you are much closer than I am. You are two, like a degree and a half closer than I am. So I, yeah, because what? You have a master's and then most of a PhD, like most of. There we go. Yeah, a, good, a high percentage of it. So, you. you know, me and my bachelor over here, we're going <laughs> to go hang out. <laughs> That's really cool. All right. Um, Dan, you want to play some improv games? Sure. Let's play some improv games. Okay. I got this first one. (laughs) Zap. Zap. Zip. How do you do zip, zap, zap with two people? I know. It's, <laughs> you know, we used to do that in college a lot, but it would, like, we'd do, like, an elimination version. So yeah. we'd start with a full group and we'd narrow it down. And, you know, someone messes up eventually, but as a viewer, it's a Two person zips out yeah. like, come on. Yeah. I think if one of us gets eliminated, then this interview turns into a monologue. Mm, mm-hmm. That's something. You're onto something there. Yeah. Yeah. Or like yeah. if you're doing a scene with two wizards, they could zip, zap, zap back and forth. <laughs> and that would be quite fun. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. You have wizardry powers I don't know about. Um, please keep that a secret. <laughs> Are you a Harry Potter fan? Uh, I generally, yeah, I'm a Harry. Well, I wouldn't say generally. I've read the books like multiple times. Yeah, that's very high fandom. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Oh man, do you know which house you are in? I do. I am a. Can I take a guess? Yeah. Let's see what three quarters of a PhD in psychology. Three gets quarters, seventy five percent. Can I read Michael's personality? Let's see here. You are. I'm going to say Hufflepuff. You are incorrect. Oh, Would man. Would you like to take another a second at it? guess? You are Ravenclaw. You are incorrect. This is embarrassing. UCLA should not be watching this. <laughs> well, yeah. There's two options left. Basically, Choose carefully. The main um, two houses, so essentially. You are a Gryffindor. You are correct. Interesting. Yes. I, okay. Yes. Now, there we go. granted, I did take that test quite some time ago. <laughs> um, let's see. You know the the Pottermore website? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't use the website. I just took the test, and that was about all I did on there. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was, I think I was a senior in high school, maybe, oh, when really? that came out. Yeah, I remember. I signed up for the beta. Uh-huh. So, I don't, you know... Any online quiz, the results can change over time. Exactly. I'm different than I was at 18 years old or 17 <laughs> years old, whenever that was. So I like to say I'm Gryffindor, but, you know, that's a proud one mm. to be. Yeah. Uh, may I take a stab at your house? Sure. But if you were to actually stab me, I'd have to say you're Slytherin, probably. Mm, true, true, true. Well, yeah, that is ambitious. And yeah. Slytherins are ambitious. Uh, I'm going to say that you are a. Ravenclaw. So, 
the quiz is fairly uh, fairly Ravenclaw Hufflepuff hybrid for me. Mm. So there you go. I'll give it to you. A, a Rufflepuff. A Rufflepuff. I, there's a Raven Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah, Huff. Oh, I like Hufflepuff. We'll have to go with Hufflepuff. That's <laughs> yeah. quite good. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yep. All right. All right. I can see it. I can see it. Cool. I feel like you skew more Ravenclaw. To I me, think so. Sure. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I would, I would say so. I haven't taken the quiz in a while. Yeah. And I forgot which one it was more toward. Um, mm. But I remember the Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff uh, scores were both very high. Where in my brain, I was like, oh, let's just go with the hybrid there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's more interesting anyway and probably more truthful, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because most people are a mix of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I feel that. I it's feel all that. a continuum. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yes. All right. So here we go. This first game I've got for us today is uh, just to get our minds going a little bit, Dan. Uh, now, this one, uh, there it is. I call this game sit-down comedy because mm. we are, in fact, seated. Uh, Dan, can you verify that we are both sitting? This is correct. Let the record show. Uh, for the audio listeners, we are sitting yes. uh, and have been for quite some time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now, in this game, Dan, uh, you and I are just going to bounce back and forth with some jokes. Can you give me a random number? Three. Three. Great. So our jokes will be, let's say, three polar bears walk into a bar. Okay. And the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve your kind here. And uh, the polar bears say, well, dang it, our home melted due to climate change. Can't we please stay a while? <laughs> and that's that's my joke. And uh, we're just going to do a couple of those back and forth. All right. But the number is always going to be three. Uh-huh. But we're going to keep to that same format. And it's always three somethings. Three somethings. Walk into a bar. Yeah. Yeah. A little, uh, okay. little sit-down comedy. And we'll just go uh, back and forth for a little bit. I'll black us out when I think we're done. All or right. when we failed uh, okay. horrendously. Man. All right. All right. So uh, thank you so much for coming to tonight's uh, sit-down comedy. Today, we've got two incredible comics here for you. We have Dan coming at you live at the sit-down comedy fest. And my name is Michael. We're so excited to perform some jokes for you tonight. Uh, who loves bars? Am I right? Woo! Woo! Yeah! yeah. Woo! All right. And uh, yeah, we're going uh, to be performing some jokes for you. Uh, uh, now, Dan, uh, take it away for us. Uh, okay. Um, uh Three intestines walk into a bar and say, man, there's a lot going up here. I can't even stomach it. Ah. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Let's give it up. Give it up for Dan, everyone. Dan, yep. stay seated. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you know, I heard that uh, three improvisers walk into a bar. Uh-huh. And the bartender says, hey, we don't serve your kind here. And the improviser said, you made that up. <laughs> thank you, thank, thank you, thank you. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, let's see. Three uh, Hufflepuffs walk Whoa. into a bar, and the bartender says, "We don't serve your kind here." And they said, "We know your kind." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh man! Oh. All right. Uh, um. Three uh, people named Dan <laughs> walk into the bar, and the bartender says, "Hey, we don't serve your kind here." And the three Dan's say, "It's because we're not doctors yet." <laughs> <laughs> and then they leave. Um, 
Uh, okay. Um, uh, let's see. You, you inspired me here. All uh, right. All right. Take it away. Three Dans walk into a bar. Ooh. And the bartender is a, a very excited man mm. and says, oh, we do serve your kind here because I love a nice pair of triple D's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That bartender's in for an interesting evening. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I heard one. I heard one. Uh, three uh, stools oh. walk into a bar. And the bartender says, hey, have a seat. <laughs> And they do. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Oh, we're still going here. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're each, we're each gonna do one more. Okay. We're just gonna do one um, more. I've decided. Okay. Uh this is wow. Well, okay. Um, uh, three periods walk into a bar, and the bartender says, uh, "What would you like to order?" And they said, we're waiting on it. Blackout. Yeah. All right. That was, thank you for doing that sit down comedy with sure. me, Dan. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting game. Yeah. It's, uh, we did it. Yeah. We did that game. Those were uh, three things. Those were three things. Those were some jokes. Yeah. 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 I think, I think we got some good ones in there. Good ones in there. All right. Uh, so now we're going to move to a bit more of a traditional game. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one inspired by Dan's career. Oh. This one is called Doctor, Doctor. And in this game, Dan, you are going to be playing a doctor in a specific field, oh. which I will give to you. And I uh, will be asking you some questions related to this field. This is similar to, you know, the expert game, things like that. But I call it Doctor, Doctor because okay. that's more on brand. There we go. Um, so I have selected a random category and written it down in this notes app. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, sir, are going to be a doctor who is an expert in the field of pizza toppings. Okay. And boy, do I have some questions for you, doctor. Okay. Um, so we'll play our scene. I'll black us out when I think we're done. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, give, go ahead and give it up. A round of applause here for our guest today. We have a doctor who is an expert in pizza toppings. One of, I think, the most interesting fields, pizza toppingology, if you will. Um, so, doctor, we're so excited to have you here. Uh, if you could tell us just a little bit about uh, where you've studied and uh, kind of why you got into pizza toppings in the first place. Ah, uh, yes. I'm Dr. Grease. Dr. Grease, wow. Yes. Uh, no napkins. I hate napkins. <laughs> I'm Dr. Grease, and I studied at the, uh, I got my doctorate in uh, pizza studies from uh, Domino's University. Wow. D.U. Not many people know that Domino's has a university. What? Wow. Mm -hmm. Prestigious, I'm sure. Exactly. It's a splendid place. Wow. So Dr. Grease, Pizza Studies. Mm. Um, and what, what got you interested in pizza studies? Well, when I was born with the name Grease, it was either um, Grease the Musical mm. or Grease the Pizza. Wow. And we all have choices to make in life. <laughs> That's true. We do. We can choose what accents to use. We can choose what type of... Grease, you want to be. And I chose grease on pizza, wow. not grease on hair. Wow. You said, you're the one that I want pizza. Topics. <laughs> exactly. Wow. That's incredible. Mm. That's incredible. What an incredible origin story for your career. Some tell me it's a cheesy origin story, but mm. <laughs> um, 
I tell them there's a mushroom for error in my career. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's incredible, Dr. Grease. You seem like a well-learned man. Mm. Now, Dr. Grease, I'm, I'm curious. There is a, often what's known as a controversial debate in the field of uh, pizza toppings mm. uh, from my brief reading about, of course, pineapple on pizza. And I'd, oh. I'd love to get an expert's opinion because I myself am a big fan of pineapple on pizza, but uh, you know, many friends, lovers that I've had in the past uh, – disagree with me and I I'd love to get an expert to weigh in on it mm. well one of the first things that we look at with pizza is how greasy it is mm. and you have two ways to make pizza optimally greasy huh. one way is pure cheese a fresh sheet of grease on top of the cheese it's clean it's traditional it's clean Mm. It's pristine. It's mm. hard to hate. Clean and pristine. I love that. A second way is to add even greasier toppings than cheese on top of the cheese. Oh, my gosh. I'm talking pepperoni. Pepperoni. I'm talking oily olives. Oily olives. Mm. Anchovies. Anchovies. We can make grease on grease. Now, pineapple doesn't have any grease in it. That's true. I checked. So it covers up the grease of the pizza mm. without adding more grease on top of it. Wow. And so pineapple on pizza undermines the greasiness of pizza. So I'm not a fan of it. Mm. Not a fan. Dr. Grease has spoken. I suppose, doctor, I may change my ways going forward. Thank yes. you. Thank you for, for sharing oh, yes. your insights. Now, Doctor, we've seen over the years a number of uh, innovations with pizza toppings and mm. modifications for, for pizza. There was, of course, the uh, famous internet meme, None Pizza Left Beef, mm. which, of course, was an image of a basically the pizza dough with some beef tossed upon it. Oh, yes. Uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen hot dogs, pizza. We've seen hamburger pizza, mac and cheese pizza. What do you think the next 20 years of pizza toppings looks like? Oh, Yes. I think we're going to go back to the basics. Back to the basics. Yes. Mm. Minimalism. Minimalism. Because you see, all of those pizzas are imposter pizzas. Yes. A burger on pizza is more burger than pizza. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just not right. Huh. They're disrespecting the art form. Of course. And more personally, I feel like they're disrespecting me and my legacy. No. No, it feels like my PhD from Domino's is just toppling over when I see these disgusting toppings on pizza. Um, and I, I, I just die a bit inside. And a lot of me is already dying from all of that crease. I mean, <laughs> that makes sense. You must have a terrible heart. <laughs> Cardiologists and I don't get along. Uh, yeah. They don't understand what our real doctor does. Mm. Mm. So I think the future of pizza is minimalism. Minimalism, yeah. It's bread, sauce, and cheese. Yeah. Wow. Bread, sauce, and cheese. So, doctor, that, that leads me to my final question. Could you describe your perfect slice for me? Mm. Ah, yes. Oh, wow. You really like pizza. <laughs> uh, I remember the first time I had pizza. Mm. 
The year was 1969. Wow, great year. Yes. I've heard a song about that year. Yes, there are many. About the summer in particular. Mm. Well, I had my pizza in the fall, so. Wow, okay. I was still digesting the summer, and the pizza was like the dessert on top. It was the toppingless topping to the summer. Mm. And this pizza just riveted my engines. It just made me say, Wow. To grease or not to grease. Blackout. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Dan, I loved it. I loved it. I loved your uh, Dr. Grease character. Thank you. I had a it wasn't time. a character. <laughs> oh. oh. How many different accents did Dr. Grease have? Accents are not my strong point. I forget which accent I'm currently doing, and then it slowly evolves I, throughout a scene usually. Yeah, that's that's okay though. That's I think that's kind of fun. And you know, I think at the end of the day though, your viewpoint as Dr. Grease was consistent. Yes. You know, I, I knew what this man was about, the simplicity of yes. pizza, the grease, you yes. know, kind of those those simple elements being drawn out by the other ingredients. So exactly. I can appreciate his perspective. And although I disagree, um, mm-hmm. he obviously knows far more than I do. Yes. He's, he's a, a learned man. He went to DU. Yeah. yeah. DU. So who am I? But, uh, but simply a sheep in his flock. Exactly. Sheep in I his flock. I think Dr. Grease would concur. Mm. Well said. Well yeah. said. Well said. We'll, we'll miss Dr. Grease here. Yes. All right. Well, well, Dan, we've got one more game we're going to be playing today. And uh, this is uh, in tribute to uh, uh, a rapper you might be familiar with, Eminem. Oh, yes. Also a candy you might be familiar yes. with. All right. So two things, a rapper and a candy. This mm-hmm. game is called My Name Is. Oh, that was, was that a good Eminem impression? That was pretty good. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> we had, good. I'm not going to do that again. My name is... Okay. <laughs> so in this game, Dan, uh, you and I, I've, I earlier today went on the internet and I found a random name generator. What? And uh, this name Slim generator... Slim Shady. Oh, sorry. I was a little delayed there. Just, well, stand up. <laughs> Wait. Please. Uh, okay. You found a name random is, name okay. shit. What? So I went... <laughs> I went on a... <laughs> oh my goodness. I went on a random name. And scene. And scene, and scene. And that was the game. No. Okay. Uh, for the third attempt, you went on a random. So I went on a random name generator and I generated for us two names. And mm. we're just going to improvise the scene uh, by taking upon these two names for ourselves. And that's okay. all we're going to get for this scene. So your name, Dan, is going to be uh, Janice Magnus. Mm. So we can say that a couple times. Janice Magnus. Janice Magnus. Janice Magnus. Janice Magnus. Janice Magnus. And my name is Branislav Edur. Mm. Branislav Edur. Branislav Edur. Branislav Edur. Branislav Edur. All right. So what's your name, Dan? Janice Magnus. And my name is Branislav Edur. Oh, yeah. We'll do, it. We'll do our scene. Mm. I'll black us out when we're ready. Oh, you know, Janice, I think that after the winter is over, we should move out of Russia. I am tired of living here. Mr. Ador, I agree. I think that, I think the Bahamas are where we should go. That, that is an excellent choice, Janice. I, yes. You know, we have lived in harsh winter to harsh winter. Yes. Every year. Yes. The only thing I want harsh is your passion for me. I don't want winter harshness. I want your harshness. I like the way you speak, Magnus. Oh, yes. Oh, Magnus. You'll, 
I wish that my passion was not so affected by the weather. Yes, when it is cold out, it's hard to be passionate. It is hard to be hard. Yes, the shrinkage, they say, is real. It's absolutely brutal. Yes. And you know, we've been waiting for the climate change yes. to come through and make Russia a more livable location. Yes, it skips everywhere but Russia. It hits the pole, it hits the Americas, it hits China. It doesn't hit Russia, it's scared of Putin. It is. Yes. But, Janice, mm. I must confess something to you. I. I would just have to say, Janice Magnus, if it were 30 Celsius degrees warmer, I would make love to you right now. Oh, it's 70 degrees Celsius, whatever you are with me, baby. Blackout! Oh, Janice Magnus, woo! 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 Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love that for them. Yes, yes. Janice uh, has a very deep voice for a woman. And Janice says, well, Janice is an excellent lover, willing to take care of Branislav Ador. Exactly. Branislav Ador. Yes. <laughs> That's fun to say. That's fun <laughs> to say. All right. Thanks for jumping in on that one with me, Dan. I yep. appreciate it. You, I enjoy the character that you created for mm. yourself, Janice Magnus. Thank you. Magnus I'm, is a cool last name, too. Yes, you can never is. go wrong. Yeah. So shout out the generator for that one. Yes. Yeah, that was solid. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting generator. You could choose, like, by nationality. Mm. I was like, wow, this is an advanced generator. And those were the Russian? Uh, I just did all. <laughs> so I was like, let's get a little bit of everybody in there. Okay. Yeah, and I just decided to do a Russian accent because... Uh, Branislav, oh, like yes. Slav, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slavic, uh, you know, it's kind of got it in there. All right. Well, Dan, today we have discussed many things. The fundamentals of table tennis, mm. what it really means to be a doctor, yes. improvisation, the real Slim Shady. Yes. And the fact that you take improv to get better at life, <sighs> not to get better at improv. Exactly. So I want to ask you this, Dan. Before we conclude today's episode, are there any final words that you want to leave us with before we go? On the words of Eminem, you only got one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow or go. I don't really know. This opportunity comes once in a lifetime, yo. And every moment we have is an opportunity that will come once in a lifetime. Mm. So there you go. Lose yourself. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah, and mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. Those are the most profound words that I could say <laughs> in this moment here with you, Michael. Well, I think they were well said. Thank you. Thank so, you. Oh, thank you to Dan so much for joining us here on this week's episode of Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And as always, if you enjoy the show, please feel free to uh, follow us on Spotify, leave us a rating or a review, or hit us up on Apple Podcasts and... Uh, Tell us how much you love our uh, rapping, particularly <laughs> mine. But uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Improv for the Podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.